You're listening to Radio Influence. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. How's everybody doing this week? I hope everybody's having a, uh, a, a great, grand time at life right now. I know that we all we all have our ups and downs. You know, life is full of struggles and triumphs, you know, and there there's a balance. There's a balance between the two. And, you know, it, it's important that to note that when you are in a downtime that you know, you, you have hope and you keep working toward the high time. You know, if you can get if you're down, you can get up, you dig. And, you know, with the weather finally seemingly trying to break on the East Coast, you know, this, the days are getting longer the, and warmer. You know, that that's the, the asphalt is warming up and that's something that makes me happy. I I and 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 I'm I'm let's talk about joy. Let's talk about Black Moses wants to talk about joy. And the reason why, you know, this this topic is relevant because someone recently inquired of me why I never smile in photographs. And, you know, it's just something that I just I don't do. If you find a photo of me in recent years, particularly if I know the camera is there and someone's taking a photo, I conscious I consciously I just it's not like I'm trying to look mean or menacing. But I just don't smile in photographs, which is in it's contrary to my natural state of being. I'm smiling right now. It's a I smile. I smile a lot. I laugh a lot. I enjoy life. Okay, but it just seems that in photos, I just don't smile. So when I was. When it was inquired of me, and people ask all the time, Alan, how come you don't smile? And you know when I get Alan, you know, that's they're being serious. It's not Black Moses, it's Alan. They call me my government name. (laughs) When they call me what my mama called me, it's like they're really trying to get that. They really want to know. So it's why is there no smiling in photographs? And... (sighs) Over the years, you know, the thing that I think of when you look at great leaders, great leaders throughout the course of history, and they have their portraits done, you know, they're very noble, very stoic, heroic. Not one of them people, male or female, are smiling in their presidential photo or portrait in their king or queen portrait, whatever that term is, they're not smiling. So maybe, maybe Black Moses doesn't smile because in those photographs, in those moments, I'm just reveling in my, 
stoicness. I just smiled again. I'm smiling right now. You could probably hear me smiling. Is that is that a thing? Can you hear me smiling? And like, if you think about it, I look, I ride motorcycles for a living. I get to talk about motorcycles for a living. I don't have a lot of bad days. I'm a human being. So I do. Like I said earlier, when you find yourself down, when I find myself down, which it does happen, I know that I'm going to be getting up. Happy days are are in route. You dig? And I'm in control of how I perceive joy, how I perceive my surroundings. If I'm not happy in a situation, I can do something about it. I can either either leave that situation or, which is often the smart thing to do, or I can roll the dice and stick around and see if it changes. And if it doesn't change, I'm, I, my legs work. I can walk away. So when we're talking about joy, when we're talking about happiness and the perception and the concept and being in control of your own happiness, I want you to think about if you're listening, if Black Moses is offering advice and you're listening, I want you to think the next time that you're in a situation that or you find yourself in a moment of sadness. Now, sadness is a human emotion. You are entitled to feel sad. It is your sadness and you can do with it whatever you wish. Likewise, happiness is also a human emotion and you can do with your happiness whatever you wish. I prefer to be happy. I prefer to surround myself with happy people, positive vibes, positivity, good vibes that those are the things that drive black Moses. I want to be infectious with my happiness. Now, that does not mean that I'm going to start smiling. I just smiled again. (laughs) Doesn't mean that I'm going to start smiling in photos. Okay, that means that means that I just want people when you are when I'm in your company or you are in my company, I'm looking for great experiences. I'm looking for making amazing, amazing memories with fellow motorcyclists, fellow enthusiasts. I'm looking to live my best life in many ways. I already am. And what I'm saying is you can too. You're in charge of how you see things. We ride motorcycles. Think about that. We ride motorcycles. How many people want to be like us? How many people do you know that say to you on the regular? Oh, I wish I could. Oh, you know what? I wish I had a bike. Mm, Maybe one day. Oh, my mate would never let me. Get a bike. Hmm. Think about that. We get to ride motorcycles. That makes me happy. Again, not saying that I'm going to start smiling in photographs. If you see me smiling in a photo, you know it was a candid photo. Somebody snuck up on me <laughs> and, and snapped a picture while I was living my best life and smiling and enjoying the moment. That's what happened. You know, I'm not going to like ice... I'm not going to ice grill, you know, all of a sudden. It's funny because some people really try to 
catch me in those moments. And I've mastered, I have mastered, you know, the quick, the, all right, I, I can't front. I will ice grill <laughs> a situation if I know somebody's trying to get a photo of me. But if you look at my social media, you'll see most of the pictures are just me looking stoic, in my opinion, very stoic. Uh, and that, that's my vibe. That's my vibe. But when people meet me, when people meet me, you know, they, I'm, I've heard I'm a teddy bear. I've heard that I'm pleasant to be around. I've heard that I'm a good time, if not great. So I take that to heart. I take that to heart. And, you know, it's, I have a good friend, Mr. Andrew Wheeler, who is an amazing photographer. If you're on social media, and I'm sure you are, please check his uh, social media platforms out. It's Automoto Photo. Automoto Photo. His name is Andrew Wheeler. He shoots a lot, a lot of MotoGP. Uh, just, just a great guy, fun-loving guy. And he has been trying to get me to smile in photographs for years. I think the last time that I actively posed smiling with someone other than my wife was with Andrew. And we were at the Circuit of the Americas, CODA. In Austin, just outside of Austin, Texas. And, you know, he wanted <laughs> he wanted me to smile. You know what? I was moved. So we took a selfie or what I call a wheezing. Wheezy because it's we, you know, two people. We took a wheezy and uh, I smiled. I think I posted it. I'm not sure if I did. If 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 I did not, I will post it. If I did post it, I'll repost it as a throwback Thursday, whatever. But Andrew, you know, reached out to me uh, this week asking, of course, you know, about my plans for MotoGP in Austin, which is next weekend, April the 12th through the 14th. And of course, he inquired if we would be getting our our wheezy with me smiling. So we will have a new at this point, it will be our annual tradition annual tradition of me smiling for my wheezies with Andrew. And of course I will post them. So um, again, I'm smiling now. When you see me in real life, I will smile. Black Moses is pretty much a happy guy because I ride motorcycles for a living and I talk about motorcycles for a living and I'm just excited about all of that. But please don't ask me to smile in my photos. Don't try to tickle me. Don't try to make funny faces. Don't. I got it locked. I got it locked. Let's just take the photo. Welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, y'all. Let's ride. This week, you know, I'd like to address, you know, uh, you know, I would like to address a topic that is often not easy to discuss, but it's it's something that I feel needs to be discussed for the right reason. Nikki Hayden, oh man, what can, you know, you can't say enough about Nikki Hayden. Nikki, who unfortunately passed away in 2017, he was more than a champion. He was. 
He really was. Um, if if you had the the blessing to know him on a personal level, to know him when the helmet was off, you are in you are in an amazing group of people. And and, and Nikki touched so many people outside of that circle. Outside, I'm not going to say inner circle, but you know, because that because that's relative. But Nikki touched people from all over the world. He was the people's champ before he won the MotoGP title, before that. And of course, after which his star just exploded with, you know, it's just glory. Glory is the word. Nikki Hayden was glorious as a person, as a writer, as a human being, as as a soul. You know, his number Number 69 is being retired during the U.S. stop, the U.S. round of the 2019 MotoGP season, which is next week at CODA, Circuit of the Americas. And there's going to be a ceremony on Friday and uh, the whole weekend is going to be a celebration of Nikki. The whole weekend, if you're going to be at CODA, For MotoGP next weekend, you are in for a treat. You're in for a treat. There's going to be so many, you know, it's just going to be a great weekend to honor, honor this amazing human being who left us too soon. And when I say it's a difficult topic, you know, it's I I, it, it is on a number of levels because of how many people he affected, how many people he touched in how much he meant to so many people, but to the people that knew him, and I'm going to use the term with the helmet off, you know, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. And I don't want to get into, I don't want to get into that part, the, the, the bitterness of it. Cause at the end of the day, this was, this, this, this brother was somebody's brother, not somebody, very specific people. Shout out to the Hayden family. Shout out to all of them. Mom, dad, Rod, Tommy. Man, he was someone's fiance. Shout out to Jackie. He he was a lot of people's friend. And personally, I can I, I can with joy say that Nikki and I were very, very good friends. I've got a lot of Nikki stories. Um, they have nothing to do with racing, <laughs> nothing to do with racing. And they're all fun, great. This dude just loved life. He was, you know, I was talking about ups and downs and joy and the perception of happiness. And oh man, Nikki knew how to walk into a room and just shine. And you couldn't help but to be affected by you couldn't help but be affected by him you couldn't be upset when Nikki was around you just couldn't you couldn't I couldn't and the beautiful thing about Nikki one of the many beautiful things about Nikki was that he always on a and I can I, I, I have to speak on a personal level because I can and I should I had a personal connection with that brother he always made me feel like I like I mattered. And yet think about what I just said. He made me feel 
like I mattered. Well, you think, how did, how? What does that mean? Here's what it means. This global star, global star, known the world over, MotoGP champion, the, forever the people's champion. Whenever I needed anything from him, and we're talking about, you know, as a journalist, if I needed a quote from him, he hit me back right away. Like it was like it surprised me how quick he got back to me. And I don't know if he was like that with other journalists. I don't know. But with Nikki and I, Nikki, if I need a quote for Bobbity Bop or Wop Wop, he always replied. And that was early on. That was when I first started Sport Bike Sync magazine. We had the privilege of doing several features of Nikki. He was on the cover a handful of times, but he was he was always willing to help and be a part of and just be a great spokesperson for the sport. He was and forever will be your favorite GP riders, favorite GP rider. I'll say it again. Damn it. Nikki Hayden will forever be your favorite GP rider, favorite GP rider. Let it marinate. Nikki and I first met. Oh, man. I, I, oh, it's one of those things. OK, I won't say the first time we met because it's, it's that part's kind of muddy. It was just kind of one of those things where, you know, you see racers in the paddock, you see them here and there and you're in the same room with people. So. To say when you first met somebody, I'm not going to say it's irrelevant. What's more relevant is the first time you made a connection with a person. I think that's more important. You meet people all the time. I meet people all the time. But when you make a connection with somebody, that's special. That's like when you have that, that I see you too moment. Nikki and I were in New York and Nikki was with Ducati and they just launched his 848 special, uh, his Ducati 848 was done up in the Nikki edition, Nikki Hayden edition. It was a beautiful red, white, and blue uh, design colorway. It was great. It was a cool looking bike. So there was a, in New York, during the International Motorcycle Show, we're going back a couple years, of course, but during the time, uh, it was myself and big brother Tyson Beckford. Ducati was having a reception uh, and it's, you know, it's, it was just, it was, it was one of those things where if you were in the know, and of course, like I'm, I'm my Ducati family tight, but it was one of those receptions where nobody wanted to tell anybody where it was. Okay. It was one of those like VIP, VIP receptions. So of course, Ty knew where it was and I've learned in my lifetime that when certain friends say we're going here and we're doing this, you don't ask any questions. You just go because it's guaranteed a good time. This was one of those times where Tyson was like, this is where we're going. Oh, bet. We went. We go to this reception. It's in this high rise. Come up elevator. Step into this reception room and, you know, downtown Manhattan somewhere. And it's just great. A lot of great people in the room. But there was. You know, of course, Nikki, man of the hour, you know, he's signing autographs and what have you. And, you know, Tyson and I were making our way around the room and we get a chance to we, you know, we we find a moment to talk with Nikki. 
And we start talking and chatting it up and you just feel this connection. You know, we're talking and it's not like we're not talking about motorcycles. We're not necessarily talking about the sport or anything. We're not talking about anything other than just being in dues. It's kind of like, OK, well, this is New York. What's popping? What can we, what should we do after this? And that was the connection. The vibe was there. It was like, yo, in this room full of people, you know, Nikki's like, yo, what are we doing next? And he's talking to Tyson and I. And so we figured out what we were doing next and we headed out. We left the reception when it was over and we had a great time. It was just a great evening of just people being people. And I felt like he was looking for that. He was looking for, and while he appreciated and, you know, from as far as I knew, he appreciated every fan. It's not as far as I knew. I don't, no, stamp, put a stamp on it. Nikki appreciated every fan that he ever had. I've seen him sign autographs to us. Looks like his hand was about to fall off. He just kept signing, kept signing, kept signing. Just, you know, in other situations. Even that night, he just kept, we couldn't get out of there because Nikki was still, he was just signing and talking to people. But when we, when we had an opportunity to break out, we broke. So what, what I understood about Nikki was that he was a human being and his humanity shined through as much as he appreciated his fans and being in the spotlight. He appreciated, I think, even more so those personal moments where he could just be a brother from Kentucky. You dig that, and I, and I, and I, I find that that's fascinating. And maybe that's how he kept his balance. He kept his balance by understanding. And this is all speculation. Black Moses speculation. Nikki kept his balance by understanding when it was time to go to work, you clock in, put your helmet on, you do what you're supposed to do. But when he clocked out, he was still Nikki Hayden. But, but. He could be more of himself and let down his proverbial locks, if, if you know, so to speak. And I found that I found that that part of him, that need to just be a dude. That's where he and I made a connection. He just wanted to be a dude. I was just a dude. And so whenever there was an opportunity for Nikki to be a dude and I happened to be around, dude, the dudeness occurred. There was a lot of dudeness that occurred. Um, again, so many fascinating stories of that, of joy, just, you know, glorious stories of Nikki just being a great human being, you know, his, what he did on the motorcycle. I can't really say anything that hasn't been said. We already know what it's hitting for. There's a reason why the brother's number is being retired. Who else? No one else's number has been retired. This is not the NBA. It's not the NFL. It's not the NHL. This is MotoGP. And this brother from Kentucky, an American, an American, is having his number retired. Global, international, Damn it, intergalactic sport of motorcycle road racing. A brother from Kentucky is having his number retired. That's major. Think about that. Think about that. If never, if ever there was someone more deserving, you know what, Nick, Nicky, it's just, it just shows the power that he had. He was aware of it. 
He knew. He knew. He didn't let it go to his head. When I say that Nikki was a humanitarian, ask any fan, any fan that ever had the opportunity to, to, to spend more than five seconds with him, to share words, a conversation, uh, anything. Ask any person from the press, any member of the press about his personality. No one has ever said any bad thing about Nikki, and they can't. They couldn't make, like, literally, like, there's nothing bad you can say about the dude. He will forever be the people's champ. All the accolades and, and you know, all, all the things, all the honors, he's, it's so deserved. And more for what he's done for our country, for what he's done for our sport, you know, I, I, I don't want I don't want someone listening to this saying, oh, wow, you know what? You know, Black Moses is, is you know, just talking about Nikki because, you know, you have to understand something. Nikki was my friend. Nikki was my friend. Like past the the past the past the, the parts of, you know, needing things for the magazine and journalism and all that. Wah, wah, wah. Nikki would reach out to me. And if I had a question to ask him. Just on a human level, I would. If he had a question to ask me, he would reach out. We would check in on one another. Quick text. You know, you good? Yeah, I'm good. How was that? Oh, it was cool. You going to be here this weekend? No, oh, no, I'll be there. All right, well, definitely, let's link. You going to this event? No, I'm not going to make that one, but I'll catch up with you at the next one. You going to this? Yep. Yeah. That's, you know, he didn't have to do that. That's what I'm talking about. Like, this is a dude world renowned but he reached out to me i reached out to him and and it was and and when we and when we got when we were in the same situation when we were oh man there's this i oh i'm so tempted to i just okay so i have to share it and jackie please forgive me <laughs> but this was one of my favorite, favorite moments of Nikki. And, you know, it's take it for what it is. But this is Ducati had just released the Panigale. We were in Beverly Hills. OK, at the W, the, the Beverly Hills W. The event was on the rooftop. OK, of the hotel across the rooftop. There was a there is a club, Drea's. Dreyer's Rooftop, though some of you are probably familiar. Great, great venue. Love that place. Shout out. Um, so I'm there and with friends and Nikki and Jackie are there. And I think this was maybe the second time that we all hung out. You know, when I say all, I mean uh, myself, Nikki, Jackie, you know, and, you know, this is. It was a press event and it ended after the bike was released, the presentation, what have you, that our makeshift after party, we just moved over to Drea's. So we go and we're in the club and the music is going and it's just, just, you know, it's just a great environment. A lot of positive energy, positive vibes. Everybody's happy. There's joy in the room. It's just a joyous occasion. So at one point, and I'm not going to quote her, but at one point, 
<laughs> Jackie looks at me and says, keep an eye on him. I said, what, what, what? Keep an eye on a grown man. Keep an eye on him. Like, you know, and I'm not quoting her, but the her gesturing and the way her eyes were, she was very serious. <laughs> she said, keep an eye on him. And so I'm like, well, okay, well, he's a grown man, but you know, I want to, who, she hit me with the, the look of, look, you watch him. I'm watching the both of y'all. You, all right, just watch him. All right. And it wasn't like because if there was anything mischievous going on or, you know, it was, I'm big. He's a little guy. I kind of always kind of fell into that, like, you know, the bodyguard role, the security type, you know? So, and that's kind of how I took it. So, uh, Nikki, uh, goes to the, you know, goes to the bar to re- retrieve beverages, to retrieve some libations. And, you know, I go back him up. We bring the drinks back over to our situation. We're having a good time. And, and at, at a certain point, I turn my back and Nikki's gone. Nikki's gone. And it's kind of like, it's me, Jackie, and our friends. And it's kind of like, where's Nikki? And I'm like, I don't know. And Jackie kind of shot me this look of like, I told you to watch him. So next thing you know, I stand up to kind of look over the crowd. But of course, you can't see him because he was short. (laughs) I can't see the brother. And next thing you know, we hear over the PA system. Ducati's in the building. Sport Bikes Inc. magazines in the building. Kentucky's in. This boy had found his way into the DJ booth. <laughs> was on the microphone. And Jackie just kind of put her head down and just said, go get him. <laughs> just go get him. Like, she didn't even look. She just kind of pointed. He's just like, go get him. And so I went and retrieved my brother from the DJ area. And it was just one of those funny moments. And the rest of the evening was just full of fun. And just, oh, man, that's one of my favorite memories um, of just Nikki being a great, a great dude. He was a great dude and is his the memory of Nikki. The, another funny part about that night, Drea's on the rooftop. So to leave you, we had to take an elevator down. From obviously, so uh, we pile into the elevator, and I think we were wearing at the time Nikki was wearing something that said Ducati on it. I'm pretty sure there was some type of branding. I think I might have had something on. So this down, I'm just going to politely say this downtown LA dude, downtown LA dude, looks at Nikki, <laughs> and we're all in the elevator, and the dude goes. Mm. You ride motorcycles <laughs> to, to Nikki, and Nikki just kind of goes, yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And then we're, I'm dying inside, like Nikki and I are shooting looks at each other, like this guy has no idea who he's talking to. And the guy's like, mm, yeah, okay, what do you, what do you, what do you ride? What do you ride? And so Nikki, the guy's like trying to like press Nikki, like it's like, dude. What a clown. You have no idea who you're talking to. But Nikki was super cool about it. Nikki answered his questions. And, you know, we got off the elevator and we all, you know, that dude, the downtown L.A. dude kind of went his way with his lady or whatever. And out of earshot, earshot, we just kind of just laughed. But that's, you know, it was those those interpersonal moments where to have that moment where this dude had no idea who he was talking to. And he's pressing him, uh, you know, just imagine like the most downtown L.A. dude that <laughs> you could imagine just being, you know, hey, you, you ride motorcycles. Yeah. 
yeah. Okay, what do you, so what do you write? It's like, dude, it doesn't even matter at that point. You don't even know who you're talking to, dude. Get out of here. It was just a great moment. Um, that whole, that whole vibe, that whole, that, that time when, you know, when we could hang out and, and just be humans. It's, it's really, it, you know, I look back on those memories and I've got a lot of, I've got many more Nikki stories. And the most upsetting thing is that they're stories, you know, they're memories. It's, it, it's, and I, you know, I'm going to keep it 100. I'm going to keep it 100. I miss them. I miss them. You know, it's, you know, there was, he, he would say a lot of encouraging things to me. And so it goes back to when, when I said earlier about he made me feel like I mattered, like he seemed to get me and I'm not an easy person to get. I'm not complicated, but I'm not, you know what I mean? But like, he just seemed to get, and he could say, oh man, he could, he could, he just knew what to say. If it was in text or if it was in person, just all around a great human being who left us physically, left us physically too soon. And I miss him. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that will say, I miss him. And you know what? You should. You should miss Nikki Hayden because he was just an amazing soul. I, I can, I've been saying it this whole episode, but you know, I don't think it can be said enough. My, 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 my point of talking about, you know, my brother, this, this episode is that, you know, in leading up to next week's uh, ceremony, the retirement of number 69 uh, and the honors that go along with the entire weekend. My, my point is, is that, you know, when you don't let the sun set without you reaching out to the people that matter to you and letting them know that they matter to you. It's important. It's, it's part, especially in the scope of being motorcyclists, our community, our mortality rate is so freaking high. It's important to let people know how you feel about them. It's important to squash beef. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You want to be upset with somebody that you care about? I think that's corny. You know what I do? If I have a problem with somebody that I care about, I call them out on the carpet. Yo, we got to talk. And this is what we're going to talk about. And we're going to talk about it till it's either nothing else to talk about or until we figure it out. I don't want to be upset with people that I care about because anything can happen at any time. The last time you see somebody could be the last time you see somebody. And like I said, this is something that potentially is difficult to talk about, but it's, it's a necessity. Love who you love. Love them. Damn it. Love them. Black Moses appreciates each and every one of you. And I love you all. And I mean that. I mean that. If you support me, I'm going to figure out how I can support you. And you know who I learned that from? One of the people that taught me that was my brother, Nikki Hayden. So, Nikki, you know, this this episode of Life in the Fast Lane is dedicated, dedicated to the Kentucky legend, number 69, Nikki Hayden. I miss you, brother. Ride forever in paradise. That's our show for this week. Thank you for tuning in and checking out 
Life in the Fast Lane. Black Moses appreciates you all. Thank you. Please follow the show on Instagram at Life in the Fast Lane Official. On Twitter at L-I-T-F-L Official. And on Facebook, you can find us at Life in the Fast Lane Podcast. Please hit that like, that share, that subscribe button. And we'll be right back here next Friday with an all-new episode of Life in the Fast Lane. Hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. I'm gone! Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles and DJ Eakin, news and political pundits like Law and Crime Network's Vincent Hill, and independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crushell. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.